sending a letter ahead to her brother to notify him of her arrival. Was it only this morning that, impatient for the journey to begin, she had sat in this very coach, perched on these velvet cushions, and smiled across at Monsieur and Madame Gossault? Monsieur Gossault was a wheat broker, and in spite of the heavy taxes he had managed to grow rich and fat. It was whispered that he hid his inventories from the tax assessor. They had sat opposite Lisette in the carriage, smug and fat and satisfied, like two swollen dumplings, while Madame waved her pudgy fingers and shook her head, the better to make a show of the gaudy jewels on her hands and ears, and Monsieur bragged of the noble title he was going to buy at the court. It was market day in Soligne. The square in front of the church had been crowded with stalls and carts piled high with the produce of midsummer, broad beans and golden peaches, melons and cabbages. There were baskets of fresh daisies and crisp round loaves of bread stacked neatly in careful pyramids, and long strings of smoked sausages hanging like garlands from the tops of the stalls. From her seat in the carriage at the edge of the square, Lisette had watched the scene with an odd sense that something was not quite right. The sky was overcast, gray and murky, the air heavy and close, charged with a strange tension. The well-to-do bourgeoisie, the wives of merchants and artisans and town officials, shopped as usual, joined by the servants of the few aristocrats who lived in the vicinity of Soligne. But the peasants and the farmers' wives, their faces pinched, market baskets clutched tightly on their arms, stopped at carts, asked prices, clucked their tongues and turned away empty-handed. There were more men in the square than usual. Perhaps that was it. Tight knots of men, gathered near the steps of the church, grumbling little groups, milling about with sullen, angry eyes. With a start, Lisette had recognized several of the young men as farmers' sons, who had volunteered for the army in the spring. For a few crowns, they had marched off to fight against Spain, reluctant to go during the growing season, aware that their going left the fields woefully short of laborers. Yet the coins they would bring back at their dismissal in the fall might keep their families from starvation in the cold and barren winter but here it was, barely August. What were they doing home in Soligne? Deserters? Lisette had frowned and stirred uneasily on the velvet cushions. As if to echo her thoughts, Monsieur Gossault had spoken up. I shall be glad to leave Soligne, he had said. I think there will be trouble. I have heard that since the price of salt has gone up, no one has purchased any from the royal warehouse. Lisette shrugged in indifference. Sooner or later, the people will need salt. Where else are they to get it? since it is forbidden elsewhere. In spite of the price, they will return to the king's storehouse. Monsieur Gossault lowered his voice and leaned forward. They say that salt is being smuggled in Zoligne under the very noses of the town council. He leaned further forward and placed one puffy hand on Lisette's own too, folded demurely in her lap. Gigot was arrested under strange circumstances only last week, and the town is buzzing with the rumor that the mayor has sent for a royal commissioner to hold the trial. Lisette tossed her dark curls, uncomfortable with the damp fingers that covered her own. And so, if it is found that Gigot has been smuggling, he will be hanged or sent to prison and there's an end to it. But the royal commissioner has the power to force every family in Soligne to buy its quota of salt. I tell you yet again, there will be trouble. Monsieur bobbed his head up and down, his pink jowls quivering, his expression benign and angelic, but his large enveloping hand did not move. Bored with the conversation, Madame Gossault had turned, and was leaning out the window, waving a coin in her bejeweled fingers, and motioning to a young girl who carried a tray of sweet pastries. Lisette frowned, annoyed at Monsieur Gossault's continuing presumption.
Pooh, what care I? My brother's estates in Chartres are rich with wheat and barley. There will always be salt on his table and gold in his coffers. Ah, but the pity of it, my dear Madame la Marquise, that your late husband left you with so little, and to be at the mercy of a brother's generosity. Such a brave and noble woman. And here, Monsieur Gossault patted Lisette's hands in sympathy. Then, with a swift glance at his wife, munching on her pastry in happy oblivion, he allowed his sweaty hand to drop lightly onto Lisette's knee. Be assured, madame, he continued smoothly, I stand ready to render you what service I may. Chartres is not so far from Paris, n'est-ce pas? If you should chance to come to Paris, alone, I should be happy to see that you are not at a loss for companionship. He smiled a conspirator's smile and gave her knee a squeeze. Lisette's violet eyes flashed. The fat pig. How dare he?